The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. Tonight on Rams Showcase, the Rams and Chargers hit their first snag as roommates. Plus, the Rams look to keep an interesting streak alive. And later, can Jared Goff get back on track? Find out next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What is going on, Rams fans, and welcome back to another edition of Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. We got a cool show for you guys tonight. Definitely uh, some more news than usual. We will get into the Buccaneers at Rams preview, and I got another Joe Doms for you. Didn't do too well last week, but uh, we're going to get back on track this this week. I promise you that. It's going to be some good stuff. So uh, let's let's go right into the news, though. I don't want to waste anybody's time, especially my own. I wouldn't waste your guys' time, but I wouldn't dare waste my own for sure. Let's go ahead and get started. So the Raiders have signed linebacker Dakota Allen off of the Rams practice squad. Dakota Allen obviously went to EMCC and was uh, the one of the featured athletes on the Last Chance U series. Back when the series was good, can we just mention that, that that series is terrible now? I mean, they picked a terrible team, Independence, in Kansas, and they weren't good, and the coach is an awful human being. But uh, Dakota Allen playing for uh, the team, the Lions, when it was a fun show to watch. Uh, but unfortunately, now he is with the Raiders. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately, like, it sucks for us. It sucks for the Los Angeles Rams fans and the team. I would assume uh, they did want him back on the practice squad. Uh, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't happy for Dakota Allen. You know, he, he was one of my favorite players on Last Chance U. And, uh, you know, I hope he makes an impact out there. I hope he has a pretty strong career. But it unfortunately will not be starting with the Los Angeles Rams. In his place, though, the Rams did bring in rookie linebacker Ja'Kai Polite. Added him to the practice squad, taking that void uh that was left by Dakota Allen. So, uh, Ja'Kai Polite, actually a guy I really wanted coming out of this draft, so I'm not too upset about that move. Uh, it sucks to see Dakota Allen leave, but it is kind of nice to see Ja'Kai Polite come in, even though it will be just on the practice squad. We won't get to see him on Sundays, at least not right now. In some cool news for you guys, uh, Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., he refused refused to wear his chain on Sunday night football because he was facing Aqib Tlaib. I did make the joke on my own personal Facebook that I hope Odell Beckham Jr. wears his watch because Aqib Tlaib hasn't added to his collection in a while. And uh, Odell was not about that life and didn't want to lose anything to Tlaib. So he just didn't wear wear any jewelry, which is it's too bad because now everybody's afraid to wear chains in front of Tlaib, because uh, he'll, he'll get him. He'll get him from you. 
Uh, this is something that I, I absolutely wanted to touch on with you guys. Uh, there is some tension rising right now between the Los Angeles Rams and the current Los Angeles Chargers. They're having some issues with money and the new stadium that opens up next year, SoFi Stadium, uh, that the, these two teams are supposed to be calling home as soon as next year. So the Chargers reported originally $400 million on PSLs. And that's personal seating licenses. So the, the, the Chargers were responsible for paying the 400 million. And that's what was reported and what Stan Kroenke and the Los Angeles Rams were expecting. Turns out that real number is 150 million dollars. So 250 short. Stan Kroenke, Rams owner, is responsible for covering that missing 250 million dollars that Dean Spanos and the Chargers uh, are short, and that's unfortunate, huh? So uh, the Chargers do have the option to return to San Diego after this season, and I can't stress that enough because I absolutely think that that's an option. I 100% would not be surprised if the Chargers went back to San Diego this offseason. I think that, you know, that not only the, the way they left was pretty, really, pretty rough, but I don't think there's any denying that the Chargers still have a stronger fan base in San Diego than they do have in Los Angeles. They are having a very difficult time filling a very small stadium. A stadium, I can't even remember the name of it. It's like Bob and Sons Tools or something. It's it's one of the, it's a small company. It's not that, obviously. But uh, it's a small company, and it's not really working out. They, they have more visitors than home fans, it seems to be, every week. I don't think I've seen a whole lot of Chargers fans uh, in the, in those stands. I haven't been in those stands myself, but I can tell you from what I can see with my eyeballs and television screens and the internet is, uh, the Chargers really just don't have a, a big following in Los Angeles. And I don't think that's really to anybody's surprise. Of course, the Chargers, their first year, 1970, was played in Los Angeles, but they've played the rest of their seasons in San Diego, except for obviously, uh, last year and so far this year. And they will obviously continue this year, but I would not be surprised if the Chargers go back to San Diego. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, the, the Los Angeles Rams, it was weird to say Los Angeles Rams for a little bit. I would say it was definitely weird for, for probably the first full season. I, I would say for me personally, I don't know about you guys. I know some of you guys have been fans and were fans before the Rams even went to St. Louis. So probably wasn't that weird of a transition for you guys to be calling them the LA Rams, but I was born in 1991. And when the Rams first moved to St. Louis, I was four. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, uh, you know, going crazy about talking about sports at that time. It was more of a more, more simple topics, I would say, my four year old self. Uh, so it took me about a year, but I will say it's already been a year plus and media people, uh, referees, commentators, every, there's still people that call them the San Diego Chargers. And that can't be good. They cannot be good. They're not really cementing themselves in Los Angeles like the Rams were able to do pretty quick. Uh, I mean, the Rams did have the longer history there. So uh, this stadium was originally uh, scheduled to be $1.9 billion. That is definitely past $2 billion now. And Kroenke is paying for all of it, except for what the Chargers were supposed to bring in from the PSLs, which was reported $400 million. And then there was also a $200 million G6 loan from the NFL to build that stadium, something that Stan Kroenke uh, and likely Dean Spanos also would take some some of the hit on that and, and pay that back. But make no mistake about it, all right? This is the Rams stadium. If the Chargers weren't in Los Angeles and a part of this deal, this stadium would still be built. 
And I don't think that necessarily the Chargers are considering that aspect that this stadium, it's not, it's not dependent on them. If they want to leave, they can leave and they can do that this year. They do have an out, but the second they play a game in that new stadium, they're locked in for 20 years, which is also how long the naming rights deal is at SoFi Stadium. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And I know that Kroenke isn't happy. Kroenke has obviously plenty of money. He can come up with $250 million, I'm pretty sure, but I don't think he wants to. And especially considering that the PSLs were all that Dean Spanos was supposed to pay. And now he's only paying $150 million for this over $2 billion stadium that his team is supposed to play into. Something's not right there. And I don't think that Stan Kroenke is just going to let Dean Spanos, a Dean Spanos of all owners, to kind of walk all over him and, and let this kind of thing happen. So I'm interested to see how this pans out. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little dicey, but, you know, only $150 million that the Chargers have paid the Rams to play in a stadium that is costing Stan Kroenke more than $2 billion. $150 million is not... It's not enough when you're paying for $2 billion for a stadium. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's like if you had a $1,000 rent in your in your house and you had a roommate come in and pay you like $100. And you're like, dude, this is not, it's not enough. Like it's it's something, yeah, but it's not, it's not enough. So uh, it's going to be an interesting story to watch unfold. And of course, I will be keeping a close eye on this. This is the kind of story that I love to watch unfold and keep updated as it continues. So uh, Ram Showcase is going to be a spot that you can hear about that news as it progresses. Anytime that I hear anything new, I will definitely update you guys and see uh, if the Rams are really going to have some roommates or if they're they're going to be flying solo in their new stadium, that gorgeous stadium. Oh man, I'm getting amped for that stadium. Like I like the the historical value of playing at the Coliseum but having what will be the first modern NFL stadium in Los Angeles, I think that's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be an entertainment mecca, which is going to be really cool. NFL Network Studios there, all kinds of businesses. It's going to be a, a sweet spot. And hopefully, you know, it's un- it's kind of unfortunate. I was going to say it's going to make that, that area nicer. It's also going to make that area much more expensive. So we got that going for you out there in L.A., which will soon be me. Hopefully in the next couple of years, I'll be out in L.A., but... You know, got to give it some time. Got to give it some time. Now, next up in news, um, this one's kind of just a, a small observation that I've made. Uh, it's not necessarily news. I didn't, I didn't pluck this off of the internet for you guys, but uh, teams have definitely taken the Patriots' game plan on stopping the Rams' offense. And I got to say, I'm really liking the adjustments that McVeigh is making, and he's kind of he's he's been able to counter that. You know, because uh, we know what it is. Uh, it's it's talked about plenty in most Rams games is. You know, you, you have, you drop four deep and then you really stretch out that D line. Those edge rushers are pretty deep. Uh, they're pretty far out. I mean, and, and what that happens is when the Rams are trying to run their zone, their zone runs, uh, you don't, the, what teams are learning is you don't just go with the blockers. You just shoot straight up the gap and, uh, the, the Todd Gurley will probably be waiting for you. So that's that's kind of how that's done. But I'm really liking the fact that the Rams are doing more five-wide sets. At least, like, you know, they'll come out in a five-wide, then maybe Gurley will come back next to Goff in the shotgun or something. But uh, I, I'm really liking what McVay's doing. And I, I think Sean McVay right now is getting a lot of heat because the Rams' offense has not been what it was last year. And, and that's to be expected. I don't, I'm not necessarily surprised by that. I am surprised at their ranking, being 16th in offense, 
through three weeks. I'm a little bit surprised at that, but I'm not surprised that that the defense is is the team or is the side of the football that's that's really getting it done. I'm not surprised at that. Um, but that's just my my own little observation. Uh, nothing too crazy. Is that I, I, I'm liking what McVeigh's doing. I have no no real complaints on McVeigh's offense and and what he's doing to counter what other teams are doing against us and. Uh, unfortunately for, for the Rams and their offense, we're seeing a lot of dropped passes right now. Uh, that's definitely something that we need to clean up. And Jared Goff, he looks a little bit shaky at times, but ultimately, I mean, with, with a very limited run game right now and wide receivers dropping passes, I think Jared Goff is, is doing fine. Uh, I know he's getting a lot of heat right now. I think that's really just because of how much money he just made. And he's not just absolutely lighting it up. He's not having, you know, 350 passing yards, four touchdowns. And I think that's just kind of frustrating fans. But if you're watching the games, you're really paying attention to how he's commanding the game and how he's responding to these mistakes. Uh, I think that that's, that's where his leadership comes in. And I think that that's really what the Rams paid him for is his leadership. And I think he's, he has those qualities and is showing those qualities. Uh, there was one instance, it was an interception against the Browns this last weekend, and uh, you could see Sean McVay was not happy with Jared Goff, and the way Jared Goff responded, he didn't close down, he didn't do anything like that, he's, he's a real leader, and I think that's exactly what this team has been missing for not even just a few years, for many, many years, this team has been missing a true leader at the quarterback position. Uh, it was Bulger for a very, very short time. Uh, he was the, the Rams quarterback for a long time, but he was the, the real true leader for only one or two seasons maximum, I would say. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Los Angeles Rams game. This one's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about this game. Uh, personal reasons and on-field reasons. Uh, personal reasons is my, my sister's actually a Buccaneers fan, uh, but... And I have a lot of friends who are Buccaneers fans. The guys at Bucks Report, I wanted to have one of them on, um, but it just uh, the, t- the timing didn't necessarily work out. But uh, if you guys want to get some of their stuff, and, and I, I think I'm going to try to hop on there, and I might do a, a live with them uh, this weekend, uh, maybe Saturday. I could do a live, and I'll, I'll bring on... Uh, I don't know who I would I would want to bring on. Uh, maybe maybe I'll just do Keith. Keith is one of my friends. He used to, to be a writer with me on, on a website that I started on. Uh, so maybe I'll do that, but check out Buck's report. I'm sure they're going to have some really awesome preview stuff, and you can kind of see from the other side. As far as social media goes, they are the biggest Buccaneers page uh, right behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers official page, so they're doing pretty good stuff out there. And uh, there, I know they're going to have some awesome preview stuff. It's unfortunate I wasn't able to have one of them on, but I, I think I'm going to try to to kind of complement that a little bit by having one of them on uh this weekend so so keep an eye on the ram showcase facebook page for that you know if you guys need to find that just just type in facebook.com slash ram showcase and i'll take you there make sure you guys like set up for the notifications so you know when i'm going live and you can get all that awesome content and if you don't know when i'm going live and you don't set that notification you can watch later but we're not going to see your comments or anything so uh you got that going for you uh, besides that, though, uh, this game does kick off at 1.05 p.m. Los Angeles time. Looks like it's going to be about 70 degrees and partly cloudy at kickoff, 4% chance of precipitation. At the end of the game, looking like about 68 degrees, mostly sunny, 3% chance of precipitation. The line opened with the Rams favored by 10.5, the over-under at 50.5. Let me just uh, pull out this 
fancy cell phone here and let me see if i can find that the the line has changed i saw it last time i saw it it was at nine and a half yeah and that's what it looks like it's still at right now so nine and a half uh did open at the ten and a half though so uh definitely some bets coming in on the bucks on that one taking that down just a little bit but if you guys want to get on that action, that's uh, that's where it's at. By the way, guys, I'm just going to take this second to brag a little bit. I don't know if you guys do the, the Rams prediction game that they have going on where you can kind of pick out different scenarios and you get points. Uh, I was really upset. I got sixth place this last week. You guys can check out the leaderboard. I, it might not be there anymore, but uh, yeah, I was sixth place, so three spots out of a prize, and uh, that was kind of a bummer, but I was also super proud of myself because... There's thousands and thousands of people who play that game, and to get sixth was pretty cool. Uh, it's the, easily the best I've done. The, the after the next best I've done was like 60th, so so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Let's, let's see if I can see if I can get like a signed helmet or something from playing that game. But also, I think you guys should do it too. And if you guys do happen to win, uh, share share some pictures and stuff of the of whatever you get because that's pretty cool. Let's take a look at the matchup in this game. I know I said that I was going to start looking at matchup stuff next week uh, in more in-depth, but uh, I, I found that these matchups kind of interesting, and especially how well the Rams' defense has been playing. So this is the LA Rams' offense versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense. Total yards, the Rams rank 16th. The Bucks rank 14th. So right in the middle of the pack for both teams there. Uh, passing the football, the Rams are 22nd in throwing the football, and the Bucks uh, 21st in yardage allowed through the air. Uh, so neither team really doing a whole lot there. The Bucks not being able to really stop a, a whole lot, but the Rams also not putting up too many yards. Rushing the football, the Rams are seventh right now, so doing a pretty good job on the ground. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, sixth in rush yards allowed. So that's going to be a tough battle. Uh, it seems pretty even as far as the, the rankings do go. Uh, but there is a, a little bit of a difference on the, the yardage, but I won't go too crazy into that stuff. This is the Bucks offense versus the Rams defense. The Bucks offense ranks 14th in the league. Rams defense currently in total yards ranks third and passing yards. The Bucks rank 20th on offense and pass yards given up by the Rams defense ranked fourth place. That's pretty awesome there. And running the ball, the Buccaneers are eighth and the Rams defense ranks 11th in rush yards allowed. So uh, real, real tough matchup here. I mean, uh, especially the Rams offense versus the Bucks, Bucks defense. That's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, Buccaneers definitely have some playmakers on that side of the football. But the Rams defense against that Bucks offense, I think that that's really going to be our sweet spot. I'm expecting kind of a low scoring game. I could absolutely see the Rams scoring 20 again, but maybe the Buccaneers only getting anywhere from like 7 to 10, I, I think is pretty realistic. I think the Rams do win this game by more uh, by two possessions, at least more than one possession, so at least a nine-point game, but I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout. This team did just lose to the Giants, though, so keep that in mind. But at the same time, I don't know if they really should have. I mean, they did, so it doesn't matter, but one field goal there at the end, I think it was a 34-yarder, and the, the Bucks win that game. So close game last week for them. Let's take a look at the 3-2-C. First up, I got to go with the offensive line versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush, and that's for a very specific reason. Linebacker Shaquille Barrett leads the NFL in sacks right now with eight, eight sacks through three games. That is absolutely incredible. And there's also one other player on the Buccaneers defense right now that you guys might remember, and Dominican Sue plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. He is number 93 on that defensive line, and the reason that I'm pointing him out is because 
Sue did really, really well for the Rams in four games last year. Those four games were three in the playoffs and against the Detroit Lions in the regular season. So my question is, is Sue going to come in into this game having played at this Coliseum plenty of times last year, you know, coming off of a team that didn't want him back, didn't even try to re-sign him? Is he going to come in into this game and really just play that Indomitian Sioux style. And that kind of worries me, especially with the injury the Rams do have on that offensive line uh, with with Austin Blythe going down and we have Jameel Demby playing right now. And, I mean, credit credit some coaching matchups last week where, uh, where Miles Garrett was lined up over Demby. That's just never going to happen. And then they didn't even help him. It was one-on-one, and that was just a big mistake. Good coaching there by the Browns on setting up that that matchup, but I don't want to see Demby going one-on-one against Sue. I just don't want to see it. Maybe I'm alone there, but I don't want to see that at all. Uh, The good news on that front, though, on the injury front, is that Tyler Higby and Austin Blythe both have been limited in practice. They were limited today in practice, and uh, Sean McVay says that he's pretty hopeful that they'll play, but they are still considered day-to-day. Aqib Tlaib, by the way, did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, it was a veteran's day off, so nothing too crazy there. My next matchup in my three to see is going to be quarterback Jared Goff versus the Tampa Bay secondary. Goff has not necessarily seemed like himself. I think the leadership qualities are there, but some of his throws, it seems like he's a little bit greedy. There's you know some open guys underneath, and he's going to the next guy. Uh, further down the field and, and getting picked off. <laughs> so uh, I would like to see that kind of stop. I think that the Goff has just been a touch greedy, and I think that he can calm that down this week against the Buccaneers, especially considering I think the Rams kind of jump out uh, early in this game. Well, Rams haven't had a strong first half uh, in, in any of their games this year, but I think that this is something that we could see this week, and Goff can kind of get rolling and get into his rhythm, and we can use this game uh, you know, I, I don't want to talk down on the Buccaneers or anything, but they just lost to the Giants. You know what I mean? So, like, I just want to see, I, I want to see the Rams kind of just handle this game and then just kind of find their rhythm. That's what I'm looking for in this game is for the Rams to really just find their rhythm. And that starts with Jared Goff. Now, of course, last week, you know, we, we, we're still, everybody I see, I, I see you guys on the internet. I, I see what y'all are saying, okay? I know that you guys are talking bad about Jared Goff right now. Uh, but let's not forget that our wide receivers have not necessarily helped him out a whole lot. Cup, Woods, and Cooks all had a drop last week. So did Malcolm Brown on an easy, what well, would have been an easy first down. Uh, so it's not like he's getting getting a lot of help here. And I think it needs to be an entire offensive effort to get Jared Goff back on track. It's not just a Jared problem. It's a McVay problem with these play calls. It's also, I mean, and I don't necessarily think that he's doing, a, McVay's doing a bad job, but uh, some of the play calls, a little bit question questionable, not necessarily as bad as calling a draw on fourth and nine or fourth and eight, whatever the Browns did. That was hilarious, but uh, it's not necessarily, he's not doing anything like that. So, so he's doing okay, but he also needs, Jared Goff also needs help from his wide receivers. These guys got to catch the football. That is their job. And they're good at it, so they just need to do it. They just need to go out and do it. My last matchup to watch here, three to see, is going to be Aqib Tlaib versus Mike Evans. Mike Evans is one of my favorite NFL players. This guy is absolutely insane. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. Has been for uh, even going you know back into college, playing with Johnny Manziel at A&M. That was some fun stuff to watch for sure. Uh, and you guys can laugh about my Manziel comments all you want to, but at Texas A&M, that guy was a star, okay? 
He was incredible at Texas A&M. The NFL was not for him, but he was absolutely amazing at Texas A&M in college. So, so uh, yeah, eat on that. So, uh, Tlaib is yet to register an interception this season. Almost had one last week and probably could have gone for six if he got it. Uh, that was a fun one to watch, but has not gotten a pick yet. Mike Evans last week, just last week, had eight catches for 190 yards. It was against the Giants, though, and... <laughs> I don't want to like talk just down on the Giants, but the the Giants had Janoris Jenkins, who we all remember or likely remember uh, from from his time with the Rams. And Janoris Jenkins, he's just not the same player he was with the Rams. And he was, I mean, he was pretty good for us. And I didn't want to see him leave. And then he blocked me on Twitter, and then I was like, you know what, it's okay. But then he goes over to the Giants, has like one pretty strong year, and then now he hasn't done anything. Now he's pretty bad Trumaine Johnson too this is totally unrelated but Trumaine Johnson also not doing very well Uh, but Jenks was on Mike Evans the whole game eight catches 190 yards had I believe it was just about 150 in the first half so that's going to be something to watch for you know that Jameis Winston likes to go to to Mike Evans and why wouldn't he Mike Evans is an extremely talented wide receiver uh, but I think the Rams are in a little bit better position to not give up 190 to Evans, uh, just like the Giants did last week. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. The Rams have won the last five of, of these matchups, and that goes back to 2012. It seems like the Rams have have kind of just had the Bucks number. The, the Rams play well against the Bucks and have for years, which I'm totally cool with. I don't know what that is necessarily. Uh, you know, obviously there's an old rivalry game and, and all that stuff. I think Madden still has it listed as a rivalry game. Maybe that's Maybe I'm dating myself there a little bit because I haven't played Madden in a few years, but I know they had that in there. Uh, the most recent game between these two teams came on September 25th of 2016. That was a 32-37 win for the Rams. Case Keenum was still the starter, so this will be Jared Goff's first time playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The first game between these two came on November 6th of 1977. The Rams shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-0 to in that game. The first time... The Bucks played at the L.A. Rams, or at the L.A. Rams. Sorry, my inflections were, were screwed up there. Was it? Or this is the first time. Let me just restart that whole sentence. This is the first time the Bucks have played at the Los Angeles Rams since 1987, and that's Los Angeles. Okay, they've obviously played plenty of times in St. Louis. Actually, fun fact for you guys: the last ever NFL game played in St. Louis was against the Buccaneers. It was that Color Rush game, actually. That was the the premiere of the Color Rush and the final game in the city of St. Louis, the final NFL game in the city of St. Louis. That was a Week 15 game. Rams were on the road 16 and 17. Um, I I don't have video going or anything for you guys, but I do have a towel from that game sitting behind me. Yeah, I got some some good friends that go to games and get Sheriff swag, which is pretty cool. Uh, Let's see here. The last time the Buccaneers played at the Memorial, uh, played played at the Coliseum in general was in 1993 against the Raiders, and the last time the the Buccaneers played at the Memorial Coliseum against the Rams was November 5th of 1978. The Rams won that game 26 to 23. Here's a cool fact for you guys. I, I just I just posted this on my Facebook, so if you guys if you're my Facebook friend, you've probably already seen it. But if you're not, you can just hear it here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never won at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Not once. So we got to keep that streak alive. That was a streak I teased for you guys. 
in the beginning. The the Bucks. I mean, okay. I'll put it this way though. They've only played there three times. All right, twice against the Rams and once against the Raiders. But that still counts. All right, they've never won at the Coliseum, so we got that going for us. Um. All right, I, I also talked about my Joe Stradamus. I did miss last week. I did say that the Rams would shut out the Browns. That obviously didn't happen. Came 13 points away from the shutout, though, which I like to think is pretty close. I like to put that in my own terms and say 13 points is pretty close to zero, especially when you consider how many points uh, that that NFL teams are scoring now. Like, we're closer to zero than we were to, like, 50. So, you know, I'm going to take the win, I think. Half win. Okay, not a win, but still, whatever. Uh, my Joe Stradamus pick for this week is going to be that the Rams will continue the Bucks losing streak at the Coliseum and that quarterback Jared Goff will look more like himself in this game than he has so far this season. And I've got a stat line for you guys too, a stat line prediction for you guys. I'm going to so, say 326 passing yards, three touchdowns with one interception. Although I do think the Buccaneers get to Jared Goff a couple of times. I'm going to say that they get four sacks on Jared Goff. Uh, let's hope that he can just not fumble because that's frustrating. Jared Goff, that's like one of his biggest weaknesses. That's something that I've, I've pointed out since 2016 when he was a rookie, made those those final seven starts for the Rams, is that uh, his, his ball security is definitely lacking. And sometimes his pocket awareness could be a lot better. But... You know, I, th- I think we're going to see some vintage Jared Goff in this one. I think that this is going to be the one that, you know, Jared Goff plays way better at home, and uh, a lot of young quarterbacks do. That shouldn't necessarily surprise anybody. But Jared Goff plays a lot better at home than he does on the road, even though the Rams do really well on the road under Sean McVay. Uh, but Jared Goff, I think this is the the week that he we kind of say, okay, this is this is why this is why we gave him that money. This is why we drafted him number one overall. This is why he's our guy. And I think that that's what we're going to see. Uh, so just a quick rundown for you guys. Uh, Dakota Allen gone. He is playing for the Raiders. Ja'Kai Polite taking his place on the practice squad. Rams and Chargers definitely seeing some feuds. We have uh, Dean Spanos, $250 million short, only paying $150 million right now on a stadium that is costing Stan Kroenke over $2 billion. It's, I think I, I want to say that the last numbers I saw on that were like $2.3 billion. So Kroenke's basically paying two billion dollars on his own and dean spanos has 150 million for him that's that's outrageous anyway uh then we got the tampa bay buccaneers visiting the rams at 105 la time on sunday should be a pretty good one i did share the distribution map for you guys it's on the ram showcase facebook page uh not a lot of area for this one the rams are in the yellow areas it's chris myers daryl johnston but it's definitely a lower level game and i'm not expecting that this that we get that changed necessarily and i think a big part of that is because of the buccaneers obviously the rams sitting at three and oh uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers not off to the strongest start and Winston and his future in Tampa Bay a little bit up in the air right now but you know we'll see what happens uh, in my three to see I have the offensive line versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush Jared Goff versus the Tampa Bay secondary and Aqib Tlaib versus Mike Evans which is going to be a very good one again guys the, the Bucks have never won at the Coliseum and I think it's time we keep that alive I think we got to do that and my Joe Stradamus pick is a Jared Goff. He does, he's, he's back to being Jared Goff. You know what I mean? It's going to be good stuff. Um, but that is going to do it for me. 
I am Sheriff Joe Beggs. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. Make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase and myself on all of your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me at Sheriff Joe Beggs on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Beggs. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.